get into gate. This is episode 18, talking 10 man SG1's season one, episode 19. Episode 18 of, of our Get show. Into Gate, but episode 19 of Stargate, yep. season yep. one. I felt like I was in the middle of saying that <laughs> before. No, it's fine. No, you no. did until the rest of us looked at each other. <laughs> no, he's been saying that all <laughs> Mitch. <laughs> Mitch has done it I again. I don't really <laughs> listen to that start bit. <laughs> yeah, who does? <laughs> you just wait to hear your own name and then you're involved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah here I Sorry, am. what? Yeah, okay. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, the Brendan Gibson. The Brendan Gibson. <laughs> Oh, this should have been our uh, first one out of New Year's when we're still hungover. It's, uh, it's starting well. Uh, we are the Get Into Gate team here to talk about Stargate SG-1, the full Get Into Gate team. We have Maddie. Come try ya! Oh, oh, Jesus dear. Christ. Oh, he's totally stole my thunder. No? <laughs> <laughs> I challenge um, you to get your voice that high. Okay, yeah. let's do it. You. Brendan? Present. Oh, <laughs> leave a brother hanging. That's and the fine. reason why we are all here, Reese. Come try on! Oh, it, it. Again, if this is the first time you're listening to us, I apologise the way that we've started this, but uh, we're, we're much better as we go along. This The reason why we do this <laughs> <How> show... <laughs> maybe. The reason we do this show is that we are all massive Stargate SG-1 lovers, except for Reese, who is new to the show, and he's watching it for the first time. We are re-watching it, and we're just here to talk about an episode a week. Let's talk about Tin Man Boys. Who wants to kick us off? Oh, possibly my favourite of the season, I think, Mitch. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Definitely it, top two, anyway. Wow. It is good. It is it was, good. It was an epic epic episode. I went back and watched it a second time, even. Really? Yeah, just to see oh, it yeah, at, the, at the different uh, different perspective or point of view. And it was it was weird, because when, um, when they first came back through the Stargate to SGC, and he's like, dude, it's me. Like, what are you sticking me in? in holding for and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, why are you sticking him holding for? What the hell? Um, and then watched it the second time. I'm like, nah, you were right to do that. Yeah. Good work, General. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I loved it, man. Just, yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole twist at the end. Just, I loved it. A really great, like, sci-fi trope. Like, something that you see yeah. that's been done in, you know, Star Trek and, and a lot of other sci-fi, um, t- t- Twilight Zone. But this is just a, a nice little twist on it and just so bloody entertaining the whole time. Mm. And not even, not a lot happened, really. Like, kind of went there they went back and there was a lot of talking mm. but it was just kind of that the the essence of it that con, kind of makes you think the unanswered questions that's yeah throughout the whole episode makes your whole mind tick over and go shit imagine if you were did become an android or mm. something like that Mate, happened the way when jack just like does his wrist business oh, yeah. style oh t2 yeah. like, arnie i was yeah, waiting for the sure. bradford l music yeah. to pop that's in. what i kind of <laughs> hope it was an homage to because it's like if, he didn't yeah. know he was a robot at the time now listen yeah. to me very carefully so yeah. if anything else had happened he was done for like yeah. that was it he was <laughs> <Yeah>. short <laughs> oh no shit Doc, like he's, he's went down the road, not across the street. He's done it for real this time. Like, like Doc Fraser is right next to him, and she's just like, I can't do shit. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, I can't do anything with that. Nah. Uh, wow. Well, see, I'm actually on the opposite side of the coin because I haven't watched these episodes. You, uh, Maddie, and Brennan, again, just in case you haven't. Uh, listen to us uh, before Maddie and Brennan you've rewatched these episodes a ton I've have seen this show before but I haven't seen the episodes in about 10 or 15 years and so this pops up and I recognise it as being the Tin Man episode and I just thought oh god I hate this but really? it's because I, I think I just Did you say that about the Nox no no I didn't hate the Nox episode but because I, I remember I liked the Nox and where was this I think I hated Harlan is it Harlan or Harlan yeah, Harlan. Harlan. Harlan really I think I remembered hating Harlan but then watching it this time Instantly, I'm like, oh, no, I really like the story of this episode, but I'm not sure about this guy. And then the more he went on, I thought, no, I I think I enjoy now how good he is at being over the top. Yeah. And yeah. how good he is at being annoying. Because 
for me, I'm probably the Jack O'Neill as an audience member because I just I'm like I don't know how I can get used to this bloke for 40 minutes. Whereas come the end of the Let episode, alone 11, this years. guy's got to yeah. live with him forever. Mm. Yeah, and you're right. Watching it again, having uh, having the knowledge of where it's going to go, it's interesting to see. As soon as they wake up after the opening credits, you're like, "Wow, I'm not actually watching the real SG One right now." Mm. Yeah, and you've so a, I, you got to do a sixth sense and go back and watch to yeah, to look for so that I can point. fully yeah. understand why Reese, as a new viewer, wanted to immediately rewatch this episode and go, mm. "Now that I know how it's going to end, I need to see whether I can pick it up yeah. the second mm. time." Yeah, so real, I think that I've wiped the slate clean. I do actually really like this episode now. I'm just still working on the. Come try oh, shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. The fingers it's out the side. Better. I, <laughs> love, <laughs> I love Harlan. Legitimately, he, I think he's got to be one of my favourite like alien characters we meet until like season three or four when we when we meet Ergo. Yeah, he's the best. Like Ergo shits all over Harlan, but up to this point, <laughs> Harlan is pretty freaking amazing. Uh, the bit that uh, Harlan annoys the. F- out of me the most is when they come back after going back to the SGC they come back and he's come try I was like oh my god I want to kill you (laughs) (laughs) so bad and then (laughs) Jack throws him up against the gate and he's like you're damaging me I'm like good can murder him, like kill him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the tenth um... time I've seen it. I still want him to die just as bad. <laughs> you're not gonna like this, then, Brendan. <laughs> this is like the. Uh, I love this. Uh, Fade America. Contraya. <laughs> just makes me smile. <laughs> Contraya. Daniel. Contraya. Colonel Jack O'Neill. Kumbaya. <laughs> Come try ya. Whatever. <laughs> this is my favorite one. It. Come try ya. Come try ya. Very helpful. You have succeeded in venting sufficient pressure. Come try ya. <laughs> Come try ya. We've got all the time in the world. <laughs> yes, you do. You understand? Come try ya. What, what is that? Come try. Is that like Aloha? Harlan. How long have you been on your own? <laughs> What's the bet that Harlan actually reprogrammed the computer to say, come mm. try? Yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't part of its original programming. You know, it takes me back to uh, the, um, what's the water planet one Fire called? And uh, yeah. Fire what and Fate Water, right? America. And you come in and you're like, this should have been called What Fate Amaroka? Because he said it about six or seven times. Mm. In the more, most, more like there, in more. the middle of all my notes, why was this not called Better? <laughs> or yeah. friggin' Come Trier? Christ, the amount of times he said better in this episode. But you're right, like they started to really... It's the whole in- Wizard of Oz continuation yes. that they mm. love to do. Yeah. But the way that it starts, the first thing I noted, and I guess it almost maybe put them on the path of this, was Carter. They get to an alien planet. Like They've been to places where they've experienced threats unknowingly or knowingly or set things off or whatnot. She sees an alien computer and she goes, oh, a computer. Boom, yeah, presses a button and they go, away. oh, what's this? Walk away. <laughs> and they get, you know, zapped But I down. loved it how it was yeah. 1990s monitors, but just checkered. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's alien. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that. <laughs> Aliens across the other side of the galaxy, they're still running DOS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So does Harlan um, frequent prominently on the back of the uh, DVD case, Mitch? Oh, you haven't read that yet. Uh, hang on. The, uh, the Tin Man synopses, as uh, according to the 1998 packaging, of uh, what <laughs> volume five, upon landing on planets 
OX3989, the mysterious alien Harlan, there you go, renders the SG-1 team unconscious. After waking and returning to Earth, they find that their spirits and minds have been transferred to androids. With Walter's help, the team must return (laughs) to regain body and soul. (laughs) That's interesting, because I picked up something of note. What was the... On the back of that, the world? Uh, Planet OX3989. That's funny, because the only thing that's consistent in this uh, episode is 989, because uh, I think when Jack comes in, the notable quote is, Ladies and gentlemen, this is your colonel speaking. Welcome to P3X989. 989. Yeah, right. And then later... uh, he says, "General, you got to send us back to PX three nine eight nine. So it's mm. the opposite way around." And then O'Neill comes back in and goes, "P three X nine eight nine. Come, come on, guys, make up your mind. What is it? <laughs> the DVD cover guys can't even figure it Let out. Let me just either. check. No, it was written by Jeff King, so oh, it wasn't okay. written by C. Cooper <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Kaufman. I, haven't, I don't recognize those two names. This is the first time that they've done uh, an episode this I think season. So, so. They don't seem the only reason I know it is because that's the f- they've said it a hundred times, and that's the only reason. That's the first one I learnt." Right, okay. Watching it first, and then didn't even pick this up until literally this is probably the tenth time I've seen it, mm. and that was the first time I picked that up. That that indiscretion that they had, I suppose you would have to say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, One thing I th- uh, I picked up early too. Um, get a little bit of backstory in a character that's slowly developing, I guess, uh, aside from the from the main fourteen, which is General Hammond. Uh, that he is ref- well, Jack trying to prove that he is the real Jack you know brings up uh, the fact that he's a widow that his wife died of cancer and that he is a grandfather like I don't mm. we haven't really gotten an yeah. idea of who he is as a family man is he you know just like is he a career soldier sort of thing so I sort of liked that we're, we're not, we don't really know the real George Hammond at this stage you know mm. we're sort of getting an idea too close to hockey sticks there's that yeah, you know, know that about him <laughs> he hates authority as we found out like a week or two ago <laughs> but it's cool that, that was kind of nice uh, in an episode that really was about our four and the way that they were looking at their own lives and, and their I guess their fates now their new fates mm. uh, it was kind of nice to get a little bit more backstory about Hammond because from what we know as uh, having seen the next couple of episodes there's not a lot of room to explore any more backstory because it's all about furthering the story of the show over the next couple of weeks so yeah. I, don't know, I just thought that was a little, little bit nice in that, in that scene I noticed too like Reese was saying before how you're kind of like what, why are you throwing him into lockup? but and then Hammond's like, well, he was right about my grandchildren. And I just noticed Fraser was too, I don't know, stubborn not to realize that it wasn't the Gawawa because she said, well, maybe the Gawawa are up to their tricks again. And Hammond goes, well, I don't think so. He was right about my granddaughters. And she goes, well, what we know about the Gawawa, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust anything here. And he's like... Okay, I don't know if you weren't listening, but I don't think it's <laughs> But sure, I'll take that under advisement, and to doctor. Be, and to like, be fair, like, <laughs> Daniel does nothing to help the situation. Haven't listened to this. This is when he's trying to convince them that he's actually who he says he is. Alert, security for the infirmary. Whoa, security, Dr. Fraser, it is us. Just it don't us. come any closer. It is us. He sounds like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're right there. That just screams. Yeah. I'm, it is Jesus. us. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what's, what's that one from um, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey? Hello, Steve. Like I only got halfway through that. Oh, really? Couldn't handle it. I've still not seen it. Sorry. What was this? <laughs> Isn't there a Star Trek Next Gen called Tin Man? Uh yeah, I think Next Generation. Not it's a. Nothing to do with this, but. No, well, Data um, is a character in Next Generation who is a he's an android and he's like one of the main characters through the show. Um, it's I'm not hugely familiar with the series, just it's not one of my favorites. I prefer yeah. the later ones. I but just yeah, there noticed is... that when I was researching this. Yeah. I yeah, well, they're both know. obviously references to robots, which is also references to... I think the, the etymology of it is obviously the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. 
just more on the uh, the Hammond thing, actually, I, I, I think it's going a little bit further to show how much, I guess, he trusts and knows his own team. Like, you know, we, we experienced the other week with the with the toll and the fact that he kind of helped his team defy the, the higher authorities and let the toll and, you know, get off world and things. And like you just said, Brennan, the, the doctor and him were sort of having a little bit of a disagreement on how they can and can't know whether SG-1 is real or not. And as soon as their power cells ran out, as we know, like from what the audience knows, their power cells have run out. But Hammond doesn't know that. Like as far as they're still concerned, they could be gold spies and robots and cyborgs or whatever. And they're like, General, you have to send us back. He's like, get them to the gate room. And he just sends them off. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. as far what? as you know, you yeah. are sending off spot. Like, but I don't know whether that's just everything the, about it. Convenient stupidity. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is it convenient <laughs> stupidity or is it him as a general knowing his people? I do like yeah. that. Well, I mean, even if they're not, you know, the real team, well, then what, what does he care if he... If he ships them off, well, they've 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 they they're, got all the information. They're the first ghoul to sort of come into the base and be let go freely. To mm. they don't know anything really, but they know more yeah, than like, oh, we're any enemy. General, that... send us back. So yeah, he does. I yeah. guess that's why you know he, yeah, he had guess... the argument with Fraser's. He yeah. probably thinks they are SG one. I mean, yeah. at that point, he's got nothing up. to lose. I mean, they're obviously not the real SG one. So no matter what they are, they're really no good to him. So mm. he's like. If he sends them, because I mean, if you think about it, their whole point was to infiltrate the base. They figured they figured out that they weren't the real team in record time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I guess. Yeah, like I had to rewind that too because their there mission was, the... was was a failure. So Hammond's yeah. like, well, if it is, if there is the real team stuck in those bodies, if I send them back, I've got a chance of getting my real team back. Otherwise, because well, you... I'll never see them again, and their mission's a failure. And yeah, no harm, no foul. You didn't see them actually come in through the gate or anything because they usually have a debrief. Or at least they'll talk to the general. Yeah. You know, half the time, it's like, why you were in that? It was just straight straight to old Doc Fraser, and she couldn't find Jack's heartbeat, which was funny. Yeah. But and she wasn't that freaked yeah. out yeah, by that like, until mm-hmm. he yeah. starts hacking at his own arm. Do you what, feel I'm okay? Because yeah. you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> I'd be so pissed off. Do you feel like you've had a cancer, Doc? Do you feel okay? Because you've got a brain tumour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to oh, die. Right. No, I don't. You're a shit doctor. Think, <laughs> looking at it from the US government's point of view, isn't that technology ultimately what they are after in this whole Stargate yeah, progress. You've Absolutely. got to think so. Like, yeah. you create yeah. robots that have the skills and knowledge of, like, the, your best soldiers, yep. create a hundred of them, send them Send them, them out as surrogates. Like, yeah. Like, if ch- they die, who cares? Charge them up in the iPod dock and then just send yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, you've got four hours for when you be back to charge up again, just do yeah. whatever you yeah. can do. Like, or yeah. if you don't come back, big deal, we'll make another one of you. Yeah. But ultimately, like yeah. that's what they want. That's that's why they've got this Stargate program, and nothing was said about that. And it's never really established whether, you know, SG One are always awake in that machine, and their live brain functions are being fed to the robots, mm. or whether they've just he's legitimately copied their um, their brain patterns, put them in the robots, and theoretically they can all exist, you know, um, simultaneously. Mm. But either way, well, there's yeah. no. There's no downside to that in terms of if you want disposable robots to go out and do do stuff for you on other planets. Mm. Well, there's no downside, so yeah, it is yeah. weird. That they never... Yeah, at least that's what we find. I guess at the end, yeah, we find that out because yeah, through oh, most yeah, of the episode, at the end, yeah, they do sort of get, get disconnected, don't they? As far and... as we're led to believe, up until the final five minutes, their bodies don't exist because that's what Harlan's told them. Is like, mm. oh no, no, your, your your organic cells don't exist anymore. Sorry, yeah. I destroyed them because you don't have a use for them because you're better. Come try her. Oh, um, that's what made me so angry because you would be so filthy if oh that happened God. to you. You would be like, no, you dickhead. 
I did not want you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so angry. I don't know. I'm, Daniel seemed pretty happy. I've just got a bit of audio written down here just as, <laughs> yeah, just as dick joke. It's incredible. It looks like mine. It feels like mine. It is mine. I mean, I don't feel any different. If anything, I feel better. <laughs> couldn't you have, couldn't oh, you have part that up with Carter when she said, we experience all the same sensations as <laughs> yeah. our real bodies? Because <laughs> honestly, that was one of my first thoughts. When they find out yeah. they're robots, they're like, I feel like me and all that. And I'm like, as a... Yeah. Hot blooded male. I'm thinking, can I have sex yeah. now? Like, yeah. is everything better? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Carter, come on. We may not be us. So let's go yeah. in the back and let's, let's have a crack let's and experiment for science. <laughs> like... <laughs> come try her. <laughs> come try her. What? Um, so, Reese, as a uh, as a first time viewer to this episode, when. You go back, and I forgot how early in this episode they actually find out that they're potentially not the real selves, or they are not yeah. their real selves. Mm. So you finding that out, they go back to the planet. It's like only 20 minutes in, so halfway through. What are your thoughts about what's going to happen to them in the end? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously when they were like, uh, oh, yeah, I feel better considering, and I'm like, oh, you know, you must have you know, some technology, maybe a microchip in him or something like that. And then when they did finally, uh, O'Neill cut himself open, found he was a robot. I'm thinking, man, he must just like absolutely just gutted them and just filled them with um, mm. technology. I'm just like, what do they do? And then they started talking about their rights as humans. And, and then O'Neill's like, no, we're not human. Mm. So what rights do we have? And I'm like, shit, I was literally at a loss. Like, what are yeah. they going to do? Mm. Um, yeah, that was the beauty of this episode. Yeah. That got me that bit, especially. And I like, that's kind of the what I mean by that's what science fiction is to me. It's like throw people into these strange um, places that they they could never be in the real life and mm. just go all right, mm. react. Yeah. And that, what and are that, you do? that great scene at the end of of Jack and Jack, where mm. you know the fake yeah. Jack finds out he's he thought the whole time he was the real Jack, just in a in a body. And now he finds out he's actually a copy. Yeah, like that's got to gut you to find yeah. out you're not the original. Oh, there's yeah. a, actually there's a great episode of Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine like that. Where it's it's re- it's it's really cool. It's like the entire episode is shot from the one of the main characters' point of view, where he's come back to the space station and everyone's acting weird, and he thinks the entire station's been taken over by, you know, symbiotes, aliens, or whatever. He doesn't know what's going on, and then right at the very very end of the episode, he finds out he's actually like a, a brainwashed copy of the real mm. um, real character who's actually been brainwashed to like murder a, a you know a president or something like that, and it's that gut-wrenching thing of finding out that you're mm. not you, th- you the whole time you think he's the real guy and then it's then you find out that he's actually the copy and you're just like oh that was, was that, even um, his reaction was just like okay i know i'm not the real one so and he's just already uh, within himself he's already just said to him okay yeah well i have to stay here then because i'm not the real one like yeah, he's accepted yeah. it within himself yeah all right i'll stay here no, because and i do want what to, I need to. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah. then and then real Forever. jack kind of has to have that conversation of saying well, you know a lot of our secrets, and yeah. the fake has to go. Yeah, I may be the fake, but I'm still you, so I'm not. Mm. Gonna, you know, I'm, yeah. it's not like I'm going to betray you. I actually you didn't guys. like the real Jack in that scene. Oh, really? Yeah, I was just like, you're being a dick. You know what I mean? I, yeah, but I was he, tinkering on that, but I'm like, he's literally just woken up, and he's fine. This is all fresh information. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know that it's an exact replica. Yeah, he's just yeah. like, okay, they've got a robot that looks like me. Yeah, and he's yeah. got my memories. So, who exactly is this guy? Yeah, you're right. Whereas then there was that great line where he's like, "And don't even think about sending a bomb through to make sure we shut the <laughs> gate down." I wasn't, and he just—I he, don't even know if he said anything. He's like, "Please, yeah, yeah. I know who you are, dude." That's I'm what here. I would do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was really great. But you're right because we're—that was sort of a nice exchange where we've been following 
the copy and then we slowly transition into following the real SG-1 where you said that was a Star Trek episode there was that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie The Sixth Day where spoilers you haven't seen that 15 year old movie but um, <laughs> it's about cloning and the moment he sort of gets copied and then you're following him and he gets home and there's a, there's a clone living with his family you know yeah. celebrating his birthday and sleeping with his wife and all mm. this and then after a while you find out oh no you've been following the clone for most of this movie but then you continue to follow the clone for the rest of the film and I guess just as a viewer, you you want to you want to support and cheer for the protagonist, yeah. The, yeah. the chief protagonist, which in that film and for most of this episode is the copy. You want the copy to succeed and and get what they want, and then all of a sudden you find out, well, no, the real person that you started following at the beginning of the episode, they've got their rights. They're yeah. the ones that you've always followed and supported. So mm. where in that movie, a fake Arnie had to just fly off into the sunset, leave behind his wife and his child. Some would say. And- Good on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. And laughs> Someone say he did come off better. I don't know, Where, same, with, same with this I, episode. You mean I'm me, but I'm free? <laughs> no Where's the downside? You know? And I'll with, live forever. Yeah. <laughs> same with this with this uh, with this episode too. Like I think being a, a, a second, third, fourth time viewer of this episode, I actually felt really sad from the get-go when I realized what episode it was because I'm, I knew how it was going to end. And I'm like, mm. shit, I'm watching these guys. They're going to have to get to a point of this story where they go, okay, well, the lives that I know, in inverted commas, I've always lived, that's not my life anymore. I have to leave that behind and live for the next forever with this f***ing annoying old fryer tuck <laughs> bloke. Literally, and all they're going to do is be fixing shit in that underground base. Like, this guy's just been running around just patching shit up for 11,000 years. <laughs> and, like, that's their life now. Bloody Jackson's not going to be able to find his missus or anything anymore. He's just going to be sitting there for, yeah. like, yeah. ever and going, And they can't shit. go too far away because otherwise their power source will give yeah. out on them. So but, I mean, when ground, you think yeah. about it, you would you want anyone else except, like, Carter and Daniel to be there with you? It, like, they're super heightened intelligence now. So, in a way, they're the only way that you could possibly leave. Is if they, they oh, created, you mean like they'd be the ones they, to come up with. Yeah, they'd be able to fix your situation yeah. better, or you uh, fix whatever's yeah, happening on the true. surface, so you could go yeah. back up. Or that's you know, true. I don't want to live forever. Well, give it a few hundred years, you yeah. might change your mind. Well, that's where the episode took a really dark turn for me. Like I thought about, it and I was going, if yeah. if some studio was going to do like a Power Rangers gritty dark reboot of a story, have a listen to this and just think about like what kind of movie this would be. I expected them to come home. I waited. This is home, after all. But they didn't. And the rest did, did not accept the gift. They ended their existence. How? Oh. It's dark. Yeah. They walked above the surface, far from here, outside of the range of the power source. Wallace, he was the last one. He gave his life for the station. An accident. And... I have been alone since Wallace. So, like, why are they living underground if they are robots, essentially? Mm. Yeah. They don't right. have lungs. If, if the air is toxic, why? It's not going to affect them, really, is it? Yeah. It's just the power source. That's the only thing that's Yeah. Here. Yeah, but what, what, what about when they were above ground? Where's the power humans. source then? They would have been humans. I got the vibe that, that it's kind yeah, of almost sure. written into them. Like, Harlan is so... Um, focused on on keeping this legacy because really, there's, there's, their yeah. entire race is is gone. So if if the last one of them goes, all their knowledge, everything is is gone forever. So I feel like, and it's too much for him to to handle on his own. So they never got to the point 
where they could sort of, you know, they, they, I think they never mastered the technology. And you see that in terms of, you know, Harlan kind of stuffed up Tilt the first time around. Yeah. So it's like they haven't really mastered the technology. So they, it feels, <laughs> it feels like they're constantly making all these repairs on stuff they don't completely understand. So they never got that chance to sit back and enjoy and then go, oh, let's go explore. Let's let's do a Carter and Daniel and let's try and figure out a, a yeah. new power source and all that Because you'd thing. assume that they'd be able to... He said he downloaded all the knowledge, the schematics yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So once they get all... They could f- potentially get that facility up and running pretty quickly with, with yeah. the intelligence. But isn't it pretty dark? In that, know, yeah. in that story, isn't it, isn't it pretty creepy to think that people just kind of got so... Yeah uncomfortable with the existence and over it that they just go well we're just going to walk and just keep yeah, walking that would be a cool movie. there's no power mm. left in us reminded me of like AI or Bicentennial Man or yeah like kind of or in long... an interview with a vampire with Kirsten, uh, Kirsten Dunst's character yeah. like she was made a vampire when she was like a, what, an early teenager and yeah. after hundreds of years of being mm. prepubescent yeah. she was like this f***ing blows yeah. you know yeah, yeah like immortality is <laughs> not all it's cracked up to <laughs> yeah. be you know? sure. where are my titties <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> 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 little kids forever um <laughs> now i bring up this question to you a gentleman last week we had uh, the second gate revealed and we said even though we know when it next comes into play uh reese doesn't but the rest of us know when they'll next use that uh, in the story it's there for them to use you know the characters have a second gate if they need it watching this knowing how it was going to end i started to think wouldn't have it be pretending like I don't know where the rest of the series goes, wouldn't it be a cool idea to think that if in the next episode, in the next season, three years down the track, you know, half of SG-1 goes missing or something and they need SG-1. SG-1's the only people that can save this day, but we don't have it. the real SG-1. They know where they can get an SG-1. Like, up until the point where they said, we will bury the gate so you will never ever see us again mm. as characters, I was, I was just thinking, how cool would it be if Jack goes missing, but... Only the, the only Jack would know where Jack has gone, or something like yeah. that, and so they mm. know that they can go and they can get this copy of Jack to come back into the series in season five or something like that. Yeah. You know, would have just been cool to re as a writer to go, hey, I, we've got a, a carbon copy of the whole SG One yeah, team just to that use. Aside to, yeah, yeah you're right. I don't know. Obviously, yeah. they, they, well, they fixed up the, end of the story Tilk but, there, which is weird. Yeah, do you, do you yeah. think they wouldn't have brought mm. him back to because the, once they stop well, it, you reckon you would think that Jack. Oh well, well, yeah, at, I don't know. At the end, he there was two tilks there, wasn't it? No, there was. He goes the, stop the machine, and he wasn't finished yeah, yet. Was, was half, he, were his legs fucked up the, as well? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see the legs actually. Were his no. legs fucked up. Maybe? I just Did think he just wasn't just completely weird. built yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah he mm. just had goo all over him. <laughs> oh, that line though was great when Tilk's looking around. He's like, "Was a copy enough made of me?" Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Ah, oh, there was, but I had to disintegrate you." I see. There's been like <laughs> and there was like Fine. there was incidental racism through like that entire through line because every time Harlan talks about yeah. he was like you are different. <laughs> Don't worry about him. He's different. He's gone walkabout. He's different. Like <laughs> yeah, no, he's not as valuable. It's like it's like Carter was different because she was a woman, but that was a good thing. Yeah. She's like, yeah. oh, you're different. Like, you're yeah. different, but you. But are... like you're different. <laughs> God. Yeah. But no, just on what you were saying, Mitch, there is actually. Um, this a uh, couple of great episodes in um, in Star Trek Voyager where at like the end of season four, the whole crew is copied almost by like um, T one thousand liquid metal mm. alien entities, and they just kind of leave them on this planet. And then like a full season and a half later, you um, you, you know the ship's flying along with the normal crew everyday everyday life. You've forgotten about that, and the crew starts you know um, getting sick and and the ship starts falling apart. And by the end of the episode, you actually find out it's that bibermetic copy. 
that have actually yeah. then made their own ship and started, and they've forgotten that they're copies mm. and they're out, you know, flying around space thinking they're the real. Um, I think Maddie wants to start a Star Trek <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, it's Third just, reference. Hey, yeah, there's any more than three references in the future, and you are cut off for the rest of the episode. God, That's I, a rule. I can't reference Star Trek. I can't reference yeah. freaking Clone Wars. Yeah. Tie my hands even more. <laughs> But no, I think that's because great sci-fi episodes like this that have been used by other properties, you yeah. can sort of tie those... Um, I've seen that episode and, it, and it is cool because you, like, it's kind of like that, um, the Arnie movie where you're like, you're following them and you're like, oh, fuck, that's not the real yeah. Voyager crew. Mm. You're like, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then that's I remember cool. some friends of mine, when that episode first aired, we then sat for like an hour and a half debating of the last season of and a half of the show... Were we following mm. the real ship or the the copy ship, mm. and we're or were we doing both? Were yeah. some episodes actually just happened to the fake ship or not? It was, it was really cool. Yeah, no, just that one episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to clarify. I'm sorry, are you trying to correct no. me on Star Trek? <laughs> Definitely. Another thing I really liked about this, because uh, I've been trying to keep notes uh, to make possibly, or rather to give Maddie uh, some more work to make a montage up of all the, ah, oh, for crying out loud, um, quotes that Jack says oh. three times in this episode. And actually four, Double. because at the end, it was the two Jacks at <laughs> yeah. the same time. Ah, oh, for crying out loud, uh, when they got called I've back to I've never Harlan. picked up on that. What's that? Like that he says that a lot. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I've yeah. For crying out loud. Well, I know he says it, but I've, just, I've never thought... <laughs> Seriously, I, it's, oh, I've never noticed Tilk says indeed. No, I've known that, but I've never thought like... Dude, these two have been making jokes about it for the last bloody 18 yeah. episodes. What, Actually, indeed? Yeah, but for crying out loud... No, like, for oh, crying out loud jokes. Really? Yeah. When? When, like, he goes, Brendan, I go, ah, for crying out loud. There you go, a bit of a Jack impersonation there. I, do, yeah. I have no memory of that whatsoever. <laughs> he must be talking about Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I just, I didn't pick up the fact that he said it four times in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's wow. gone a lot. Yep. It says it more than two. It says indeed. Well, yes, much go. more. Indeed. Yep. Indeed he does. <laughs> I can't believe I just taught Maddie something. <laughs> <Yeah>. about, <laughs> about anything. About, <laughs> <laughs> about anything. Oh, I am done. I'm out of here. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I retire. It's not going to get any better than that, is it? I was just going to touch on the, the whole fact that, yeah, like Reese mentioned before, I was hoping we'd kind of get into that a little bit more about how I think Daniel said, well, if you think about it, the human body is just a machine or a vessel that our consciousness is mm. is in. It's just an organic one. Mm. And she's like, it's not the same. No, it's not. But like, maybe Carlin's right. Maybe it is better. Like, yeah, it's something that... If you don't believe in a soul, then what? Do well, you still I guess, have yeah. Rights? Unless, um... because at the moment, yes, we have to read a book and basically manually download information into our brains yeah. by reading a book. Mm. Whereas, and that's all information that's already been found out. We're just learning about it. So essentially with that, yeah, with those bodies, they can just download it into their brains via another computer. Yeah. Yeah, And like, if you don't, yeah, like you're saying, if you don't believe in souls, is it, is it Yoda? Is it someone else that says, what are we, if not a sum of our memories? That's really who we are is, is our life experiences and our memories. So really like these copies are for all intents and purposes, the real McCoy. Yeah. Um, just made of a, um, just a, ro- a robot made of steel instead of a robot made of meat. Because yeah. the ones that kind of, when I was watching this, kind of like Reese was saying, the movie Surrogates kind of came into mind, but also mainly Bicentennial Man and even like iRobot. I think Will Smith has a fake arm mm. in that, which is mm. robotic. And then in Bicentennial Man, he actually makes um, organic organs. Skin. 
who yeah, who right. replace in humans and then he replaces it himself and becomes a human in the end and you know the the government says yeah you're a, you're a human basically just before he dies or as he dies mm. so he he started as an android and became human eventually yeah, so that, where do you where is that gray line mm. yeah at what where do point, you find that i think even futurama did that as well it's like at what point do you if you start replacing your components with other things at what point do you stop becoming what you were and, and start becoming what you are like yeah. it's yeah, it's a really cool concept to, um, to think about. Yeah, I guess it depends what planet you're on, really, eh? Because, I mean, on Earth, you have to be... Like, yeah, it's whatever the government recognises as a human being. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because that, like... I would always think of it like if you're a, if you're a veteran and, you have, and you're an amputee or you're disabled, that'd be so much better to be in this body and you would feel better. Like, the you know, people have chronic pain constantly... Mm. To be transferred your consciousness into that, yeah, I'd be I'd be down for that. And like Daniel said too, he goes, "Have you felt, or is it um, uh, Carter said, have you felt hungry or thirsty? Like they don't, yeah. they don't hunger for anything, you yeah. know, anything at all. Like they probably don't need to sleep, they don't need to eat. It's they got to recharge. But as long as I guess they're around that power source, they don't yeah. need to actually sit mm. down and recharge or anything like that. Yeah, so, I guess as long as you'd have an internal motive. Like as humans, we have that drive to stay alive and mm. and fend for ourselves and find food like you said, a hunger mm. to do things or a motivation. Mm. If you lost that, like Harlan's friends did, then yeah, maybe it would be yeah. bad and you just kind of wander away. I guess it's that philosophical yeah. thing of, you know, the reason people treasure life so much is because at some point it ends. So it's yeah. like, well, if, if your life does, doesn't end, at what point do you stop cherishing it? And if you and were you a machine, take it for granted. would you be depressed and just want to end it too? That'd be, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. And like, yeah, could, could these robots actually you know feel depressed yeah you know, could mm. they suffer from depression i assume it would just be as complex as the human brain whatever they've got in there and have chemicals like we do which would yeah but i guess tone. i mean i'm not a i'm not an expert on on depression but isn't depression as much uh physio- physiological as it is psychological yeah. so if these robots are better mm. then they wouldn't suffer from the physiological mm. side of yeah of depression it could only mm. be an emotional so would it be you know clinical depression yeah do they start this episode and they're they they're angry about it but do they only think they're angry yeah, about it in, like, a, in a sense you clearly know? these bodies could never you know get cancer or lung yeah. failure or a heart attack or yeah, anything that's like a that good question so physically they feel better but emotionally and mentally do they feel better yeah, yeah. so it's it's that and that that's the the double-edged sword of a lot of those sort of emotional um disorders and 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 things people have is is how much of it is physical and how much of it is is physiological mm. sorry psychological so at what point could these robots theoretically could only experience a small a small portion of that because they couldn't suffer from the physiological side of it, being that they're better. Mm. And it's a nice parallel, actually. I'm just thinking about this now, but what you just said before, Maddie, about the idea of treasuring life because you know it ends, whereas these guys, as long as they don't get damaged, they're not going to deteriorate as far as we're learning from Harlan, who's been around for 11,000 years. A nice parallel back to the uh, the race that we met, uh, obviously before SG-1 helped fix the problem, but who only lived for 100 days. Mm. Like, mm. they knew their lives. I guess, you know, they didn't know any different, but at the same time, our perception of them, they knew they only lived for 100 days, so they just partied all the time. Yeah, as long did. as the yeah. sun rose until the sun set, <laughs> they just had fun. That was their job, was that they just treasured life, which was kind of cool because they weren't There's around no for no point long starting time. a business. Right? <laughs> <laughs> pizza cake. Yeah. Hey, does pizza cake deliver? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, you wouldn't want to spend... 11,000 years in a f***ing warehouse either. No, yeah. underground. So 
Yeah, it's a nice thought to think that with the four of them, potentially five, if they uh, get to finish Teal, if that's still a possibility, that they're able to fix that whole thing, create some new batteries or something, longer-serving batteries, and yeah. maybe not have buried the gate and yeah. start to go and... Let's just go and explore worlds. Daniel, the real Daniel's out there to find your real wife. How about you go and just learn stuff about the, the galaxy, about the universe that yeah. you've always wanted to do? And, you know, Jack can go to a nice, you know, beach planet somewhere and go mm. fishing or something like that, you know, yeah. that... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's a bit of a sad Retire. ending, but it's got a lot of options. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's that time of the week again, Reese. Oh, it's time to find out if Reese has been paying attention. attention. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now oh, we're something different hit. this week. It's um getting close to the season finale, so we're gonna do. I mean, you've been failing miserably a fair bit in the <laughs> trivia time. department. So yeah, I gonna, think... Um, we're going to wow, do some redemption rounds. <laughs> I've been told my parents made me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's still a possibility. Um, <laughs> I told you you were adopted. You didn't believe me. I wish I was. So this is uh, tri- uh, SG1 Trivia Redemption Season 1. So these are actually questions that we've already given you and you oh, didn't get right. So, oh. Uh, so you well, should watch me not get them right again. Should get five out of five. Yeah. <laughs> They're gimmies. They were gimmies. I already know the answer. You know I mean, the questions. If they were all based on Tin Man, you should get them right since he watched it twice. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of them are. So your time starts at the uh, end of the first question. Are you ready? Yeah, I've got my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> you only got thirty seconds, mate. So. Yeah. What was the name of Doctor Jackson's wife? Oh, bloody, yeah, bitch, fast. <laughs> what mountain is that Stargate located? Oh, sh- sh- Cheyenne. What, yes, what, Ding. uh... Oh, <laughs> following from the film. <laughs> following from the film, what planet did Dr. Jackson live on? Oh, bloody, yeah, but yeah, fast. In, what, in season one, how many military members are in SG-1? Three. What was the first System Lord SG-1 meant? Raw. No. <laughs> I mean, he was a system lord, but SG One wasn't created when. I feel like there. anything from the movie in the first episode, Reese has just completely yeah. forgotten. Yeah. So was that zero? No, I did, he did get one. Cheyenne. He got Cheyenne. Mitch Sorry, just gave him the buzz. buzz oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I was I was pressing correct, and, <laughs> and the level wasn't on, and then I turned it on, and automatically went to the wrong buzzer. <laughs> I don't know. He just assumed he'd get it wrong. <laughs> It's always okay. hovering over there. It's always assume wrong so, until proven correct. Just for future reference, race Dr. Jackson, as in Daniel's wife, his name's Sharae. Sharae, yeah. The mountain, that bitch was close. Yeah, yeah that pretty <laughs> pretty much nailed it. What was the mountain Stargate located? You actually got that right. Cheyenne yeah. Mountain. Following from the film, what planet was Dr. Jackson been living on that was, you didn't remember? Abydos. Yeah, Abydos. In season one, how many military members are on SG-1? It's still two. Um, what was the first system Lord SU1 met that was Apophis? Apophis. And still, still, I think the only system Lord we've met to this point, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, probably. So you can really only have <laughs> Yeah, you like. Okay, so next week maybe I'll What's just... a system Lord? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you just write this... Reese, thing... your father made you wrong! <laughs> <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> God, I feel like still you, so amazed those uh, exist. If you just write this sentence down, Daniel and his wife Sharae yeah. lived on Abydos yeah. before she was taken by Apophis, you would have gotten like yeah. five of those questions <laughs> right. That's, That's pretty much the premise of the whole show. <laughs> if, if, if you write 
Daniel and yeah. his wife Sharae lived on Abydos before Apophis kidnapped her. Yeah. Then he went back to Cheyenne Mountain. You would have just cleared the board. And and um, with the help of military SG one of Colonel Jack with O'Neill, the help of Captain Colonel, Smith, Colonel Carter Smith and, and Carter. Captain. Captain Carter. Oh, sorry, Colonel O'Neill and Captain Carter. And Two times SG one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going in the front of the book. Yeah. You have to skim through oh, it. Just go yeah, to the what cover. about lions and tigers and bears? <laughs> yeah, that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is episode 18 of Get Into Gate, Tin Man, Stargate SG one, season one, episode nineteen. Boys, three episodes to go of the first season. Woo! And a couple of big ones, all intertwined. Arguably the best one of the season coming up, despite the fact I just said this is the best. But <laughs> could get trumped next week. Yeah, next week. Um, they get progressively better, don't they? Like yeah. as, as you get up to the finale. Well, we'll just... talk about that as uh, as it goes on next week. There for but the grace of God, that'll be next week on Get Into Gate. You can follow all of our stuff on uh, socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, simply at Get Into Gate. Drop us a line, getintogate at gmail.com, or find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes simply at Get Into Gate myself Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram Maddie Hi Pitch Maddie Reese at The Flying Gibson and Brendan at The Brendan Gibson on Instagram Good stuff, boys, uh, and uh, everything we do as the uh, the bigger umbrella corp that is Get Into Geek simply getintogeek.com We'll be back next week to talk more Stargate SG1 GetIntoGeek.com so does Harlan um, feature? Oh, hold on. So does Harlan uh, feature? Can hell what? <laughs> <laughs> we will make you better. <laughs> <laughs>